Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. Thank you so much, choir. They're going to share one more song. As uh, we mentioned this morning, our service is a little different today. And uh, as Gary uh, drew our attention to in the scriptures we read, that music is a way of expressing God's word as well. We have been listening to God's word already this morning. Normally we'd have a sermon portion this time of the service, but we did uh, say tell you that today we'd like to just share a little bit from our experience of traveling uh, to the Holy Land. And in Sunday school this morning, some of the classes did share, and several of you have asked about when you're going to show pictures. I don't like to do a travel log for Sunday morning service uh, during our preaching time, but I'm going to use this just for the next 10 minutes or so to, uh, as a little tickler maybe, to interest you in a uh, sermon series this summer where we're going to come back to these places and talk about a tremendous experience of faith that takes place at each of these uh, location. So I'm just going to share a little bit from the first half of our trip this last summer to Israel. By the way, before I do, I would like to remind you our book sale is going on, correct? Right? And last week I sold some books. I'm not selling these today, so don't offer me any money, okay? I haven't got time for that. But uh, $1, Moshe Diane, Story of My Life. I read this when I got it from the Book of the Month Club back in the whenever. Um, no, no, he, okay, all right, Roy, you can have it. And the, the, the picture is worth a dollar by itself, right? Okay, um, come on, Boeing employees. I actually read this one, too. Legends and Legacy, the story of Boeing and his people. This is a great history of Boeing Company, so I know someone's going to buy that. Look at this. This is volume one, three volumes, the Dictionary of New Testament Theology. A dollar! I mean, Ariana, you want to buy? <laughs> you put this on your shelf, and people are going to think your mom and dad are New Testament scholars. I mean, just three volumes. Of this is this. I haven't read this whole thing, but I've used it. This it's amazing. Three volumes, three dollars. Uh, this this is an amazing uh, purchase this morning. So you ought to go back there. Diary of Anne Frank. I bet a lot of you've seen the film, and I bet you've never read the book, uh, the Diary of Anne Frank. Little old paperback copy. Uh, if you've never read it, if you're high school, college age, and uh, you've never read this book, um, for a dollar you should read this. Uh, this last weekend, I went to University of Washington to see the present presentation of Verde's Requiem, Requiem uh, uh, of Resistance, Requiem of uh, Defiance, uh, that was sung at the concentration camp. It was moving. This is a great book. And finally. A bunch of our guys are gone on a golf alley this week, right? A whole bunch of them. And uh, they're going to come back and someone's going to be the loser. And uh, I don't know who it's going to be, but Casey Kemper, for a dollar, here's your Father's Day gift. The nine bad shots of golf. I mean, you could really, you know, I mean, I can just open up any page. Hooking, grip and stance. I mean, a dollar, Father's Day. All right, go back to the book sale today and buy some books, mainly because it goes for our Women's Missionary Fellowship. Uh, ministry, and uh, we'd like to get, get rid of the books because we have to get do something with them, and a dollar. So please make use of that. Listen, this morning, we traveled to Israel. Uh, Nathan, you can turn the lights off for me. Let me just share a few and, uh, and just talk about some of the things we're going to talk about later on this year. Uh, we traveled, um, you guys can see this, but the pointer's going to be up here. 
this part of our trip is up in this area here of Israel, uh, down to this area, this northern part of Israel from where we began our trip. Of course, we flew from here to Germany, Germany to Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv, uh, welcome to Israel. And uh, it's a trip we've been planning for over a year. And uh, it was a great trip. We had 59 people that joined us, uh, mostly from our church, but not everybody from our church. And uh, we had a great time together. You can kill all the lights if you want, I think. We'll just cool it off a little bit here, too, as well. Uh, Tel Aviv's a very modern city. You can think of Israel. You may not think of this, but it's a very modern city, uh, really a new city uh, built on the shores of the Mediterranean. The Mediterranean coast, our first stop was Caesarea. They call it Caesarea. Uh, we learned some different pronunciations. I'll get out of your way here. And uh, there's an interesting story of faith we're going to look at that's actually going to fit with our July 4th message, believe it or not, uh, from Caesarea. The uh, story of the Apostle Paul, and of course this is the place also where Peter and uh, Cornelius, the story took place on the shores of the Mediterranean, uh, some of the old uh, Hippodrome and the old bench areas, the theater that you can go sit on today and uh, realize some of our people we talk about in the Bible sat there over 2,000 years ago. Um, Herod, a master builder, uh, built a, uh, a, a, a water port, uh, an artificial, was, it was not a natural port, and uh, he built that there, and we had time. This is our one place we had to visit, the Mediterranean Sea. The Mediterranean Sea, of course, is the whole length of the coast of Israel. Um, is, the Israelis were not a real seagoing people, so there's not a lot of stories. Think about the Old Testament. Really, the only story probably that comes to mind is Jonah. Uh, they were not a seagoing people. The Phoenicians, the, Palestine, the uh, uh, Philistines uh, were originally... And uh, so we had time along the coast and a lot of the ruins there that are from the time of Herod the Great when he built this port city. Somebody made a comment in Sunday school, I thought it was really good this morning, Connie I think made it, that uh, Herod uh, was a master builder, left a name for himself, that he wanted to last forever. Uh, Jesus Christ didn't build anything. And I look at the name that was left by our Lord Jesus Christ. Good comment. This is a theater in Caesarea that uh, has been there are worked into this uh, some of the old original seating and they have concerts and so on there today and we gathered for devotions. Uh, we try to have once each day a time of uh, sharing God's word uh, together and you can see in the Hippodrome as well. This is these are the original seats from the first century that Herod when he built this that they uh, sat on. Uh, Caesarea was the place where the Roman government was was located. Pilate lived there. Pilate did not live in Jerusalem. He only went there when he had to go there. And uh, this is the place where the Roman officials lived. And uh, this is the place where the Apostle Paul spent two years. And we're going to talk about and connect that with July 4th. And you can see the different stonework, the different uh, worked into the, to the architecture all around there that uh, you'll find. This is the aqueduct that delivered a complete fresh supply of water from the north to the south, the Herod built, uh, for fresh water all the way down to... Caesarea. Wherever Herod built a place, it had plenty of water, it had plenty of everything, uh, because that's what he did. And uh, this is, of course, the Herod the Great that we read about in the early part of the book uh, of the Gospels, who uh, killed all those two years and under because he considered himself the king of the Jews. And we can visit this aqueduct, uh, of course, even today. We traveled from there up to uh, Mount uh, Carmel. We went, we transversed up there. And uh, looked out over the northern uh, part of Israel. The vegetation is quite different from the eastern part. And uh, very beautiful up there. And this, of course, we're going to talk and talk about a monument of faith. We're going to talk about a story of faith up there with Elijah the prophet. Okay? 
and, uh, and, a, and a wonderful story at a critical time in Israel's history. It occurred to me, look at that, it almost looked like he sliced Steve Snow in half there, you know, down here. <laughs> but but uh, this is the Mount Carmel, and we're going to talk, we're going to do a lesson from up there uh, later on in July from Mount Carmel. Whoops. And we had a chance to just have some time to reflect on God's Word together, consider the Scriptures at each of the places. Our guides were so wonderful about bringing in the Word to us and helping uh, connect these. And so we're going to spend some time and talk about that up there as well. Uh, this is um, Har Megiddo Hill in Hebrew. We learned some Hebrew this morning. Hebrew is Har Megiddo, Har Megiddo, Ar Megiddo, Armageddon, right? And uh, the plain below uh, Har Megiddo uh, is the plain of Armageddon. And uh, we spent time up there. And, of course, this is a very important place. Uh, whoops, sorry about that. This thing's really touchy. Um, this is some of the ruins up there. We went up to the area. And, of course, this is an area that is, sits up above the valley. And those who transverse, you have to go down this valley to go from north to south. It was the main trade route. It's been the focus of military battles from ancient times, Alexander the Great, to the First World War. Um, it's a very important place. And, of course, this is the place that Revelation talks about where the final battle will take place. Uh, we believe is literally going to happen. The Valley of Armageddon, one of the places we can go to look out. And we spend time considering God's word and considering that story as we visit it up there. And this one here, you can look out from, you can see the plain uh, out in the valley there. Uh, those of you in the valley up there, uh, from there, that, that would be the Armageddon Valley. And again, in their picture of it, and you can see the highway down there where the car is, that is the trade route. And uh, that was that is so important that whoever controls that area controls the trade routes. That's a shrine of an old, um, you can see the steps going up to it. An old uh, altar, an old shrine, the kind of things that tripped Israel up as they got involved in uh, false worship as you cut away a section of the city. There's some of the uh, locals heading out to war on a chariot. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> Again, pictures of the valley, looking down over the valley and the, the landscape there. Whoops, sorry about that. Then we went up north, and what you're looking at there is the Golan Heights. So on the other side of that hill is Syria. Uh, we were that close to Syria, yes. And uh, we were on the Israeli side, looking uh, that would be looking kind of to the northeast, uh, the Golan Heights. And at, at the times uh, before the 67 war, of course, that was part of Syria, and uh, the valley there uh, belonged to Israel. We're going to we're going to talk about a lesson from. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk about a lesson from Megiddo, not about Revelation, but about a Jewish and Israeli king who met his end at Megiddo, and a very, very important Bible lesson. We're going to talk about that in July. Come back to Megiddo. This is Peniah, or Beniah, and you'll see some of the, you'll notice the headwaters to the Jordan River are up in this area, and we'll see some more of that. And the cave back here with a very, very important lesson of faith, Peter's shining moment, Peter's uh, affirmation of Jesus Christ that took place in the heart and soul of pagan worship. And we're going to talk about that one lesson a monument of faith that took place at that location there. These are the headwaters as we traveled and uh, took a hike up into the hills there of the headwaters of the Jordan River. And uh, this, is, again, is the cave at Paniah that we're going to talk about and uh, learn about what Peter found there. Tell Dan, a location up way up north in the same area that we went to, which is actually an Old Testament site and a New Testament site. Uh, the park system is wonderful there. They've done a wonderful job of, uh, of natural parks to visit. And uh, we hiked to the cultic site, 
uh, in the Old Testament, and we're going to talk about a lack of faith, a monumental lack of faith that took place at a very important time in Israel's history. We're going to have one lesson about that up there as we hike up to this uh, cultic sites up in here. Uh, and this particular site here, the thing I want you to remember to tuck away for a little bit for the future as we come back to this story, uh, on the story of the lack of faith, I want you to remember these are dressed stones. And that's important. And that really ties into the story of the lack of faith that we're going to talk about that God does not want us to have these dressed stones and why that is important. Now, these are our, this is a gate here that uh, Abraham, we think, went through this gate himself. This cycle's way back there. There's Abraham right there in front. Oh, no, I sure would say. It's right <laughs> and uh, this is the, the a site where Abraham went through. And uh, these gates, um, and there's a model of it there. You can see that uh, were, were extravagant because that was a way to keep, of course, your enemies out. And that's why they figure so importantly in the Old Testament. We're going to talk about uh, this site up here, lack of faith. And we'll also talk about Abraham. And uh, we got a chance to look at the timeline and our we had wonderful guides. God was so good in giving us guides that were in both Israel and Jordan who were believers and shared God's word. We worshiped together. It was really great. And then from there, the Mount of Beatitudes. And the Mount of Beatitudes, of course, a very quiet, a very uh, peaceful place. It's beautiful up there. It was crowded, like someone mentioned this morning in class, that uh, we read about Jesus always being impressed by crowds every place he went. That's the way it is today when you go up there. There's a lot of tourists, and it's a beautiful place. It looks out over the Sea of Galilee. And I did, I did want to stop right here for a moment and just make a comment that um, when I think of this place, what I'm, one of the things I'm going to remember is... Um, the Holy Spirit uh, brought to our hearts while we were up there our sister Elisa. Uh, we just sat down and we just read the Sermon on the Mount. We didn't preach, we didn't hear, we just read it. It was really wonderful. And God put on our hearts, more than one of us, to pray for Elisa that day while we were up there. And, um, and I want you to continue to pray for Elisa uh, every day as she continues her battle with cancer. And I want you to pray for her. And, and God brought her to our hearts, and particularly as we as I thought about this, this passage here. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? And I just reflected as we had prayer time together and prayed for Lisa that, um, that our lives are in God's hands. and he is, he is so good to us, and He cares for us so much more than we even care for each other. And uh, just a special time for me as we were up there and, uh, and to continue to pray for our brothers and sisters, especially who are going through hard times. And it was just a very peaceful time and a wonderful time to remember that. And that's something I'm going to reflect on. We went to Capernaum, the town of Jesus, his hometown. It wasn't born there, but this became his home away from home. And you can visit St. Peter's house. And there's a good chance, there's, archaeologically, it really appears to be Peter's house, his house of his mother-in-law, where... We're going to talk about a lesson of faith up here. And again, a city that, that, that the Lord said um, it'd be better on the day of judgment for any place else besides you, and you're going to be worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. And this was Jesus' hometown. And we're going to con- contrast in the sermon the faith and lack of faith that we find up here at Capernaum. We sat there in the synagogue and had some time to reflect. And the synagogue that is built, it's not, it's built on the floor plan. The one that Jesus actually was in is right below it. The floor plan is the same, uh, as far as we can tell. 
and this is the remains of the synagogue uh, at Capernaum that we visited. And whoops, out back, um, and, and the, the stonework and so on from just after the time of the Lord Jesus Christ, and down below are the stones from the original synagogue that Jesus actually sat in. This was his hometown. This was the base of his ministry, let's put it that way. Sea of Galilee. We're going to do a short series this, this fall. I'm going to spend a few lessons on stories of faith in the Sea of Galilee. I mean, there are so many, so many, that uh, we're going to take a little time. We had a time to travel on the Sea of Galilee. Uh, it's something that you always do when you go to Israel to enjoy the, the beauty of that, to see Jordan over there on the other side, straight across the water, um, to see the beautiful lake, and, and to imagine storms coming up so bad that these seasoned fishermen felt very threatened by them. Um, a beautiful sight. Uh, just a really, really wonderful experience to have some time just to reflect on the Sea of Galilee. And we even got to do a little Israeli folk dance, okay? It was controlled, though. It wasn't too much out of hand. <laughs> Don't worry about it. You're okay. Uh, you know, Christy Kirk brings a... Who, who but Christy Kirk brings a Seahawk flag every place she goes? So they hoisted the flag on the Sea of Galilee when they, when they hoisted our American flag, and Israeli flag. Um, that's probably the first and last time that's going to happen, I imagine. I don't know what's going on here. The shore of the Sea of Galilee, you know, just to think that Jesus stood here, same place. It's just amazing to just stop and reflect as you spend time in some of these places like, like that. Uh, beautiful place for us to spend. The Jesus boat that um, they've discovered and written carefully put back together um, that, comes, that comes from that time as well. Uh, where Jesus went to be baptized, the Jordan River. And, of course, you always visit the Jordan River. And this is the northern part of the Jordan River, just beautiful um, setting up there as it's coming right out from the Sea of Galilee right up there. From there we went down to Bethshane, one of the cities of the Decapolis. We we're going to talk about the Jordan River. We're going to talk about a story of faith at the Jordan River. We're also going to talk about a story of faith here at Bethshane. Uh, this is a Roman city. These are Roman ruins, but you notice the tell behind it tell the hill, the mountain behind it, a very, very important Old Testament story that took place there um, from two very important people from God's story with Israel. We're going to talk about that one lesson, the story of faith. And to me, one of the greatest heroes of the Old Testament, one of the unsung heroes of the Old Testament, who met his end there at Beth Shane and up in the hill up above there. So we're going to spend some time, and again, you can see the hill there, but that's really the Old Testament site. Uh, behind that up in there uh, as well, um, up there in the hill. And some of our people walked all the way up there. This is one of the cities of the, of the Decapolis, Deca, ten, Polis city, ten cities the Romans built on the eastern fringe to protect the Roman Empire. And Jesus went to those. Whoops, okay, we got to get that one there. What happened? Here we go. Uh, somebody forgot to tell Terry you, that you can't go and claim land anymore for, you know, like the... <laughs> like the explorers, but evidently she thought that was still possible. So, uh, the Dead Sea area, this is not Masada, this is an area right behind our hotels. Uh, in the Dead Sea, you can see the difference in the landscape. Uh, beautiful area, the Dead Sea, we got to spend some time uh, one night down there and enjoy that. And there's so many again, count, this is down by the area where Sodom and Gomorrah would have been, and the very southern end of the Dead Sea where we spent time. And uh, people trying to swim, you can't swim, you only float in the Dead Sea because the mineral content is so heavy and uh, the sun setting over the Dead Sea as we spent our last time there. We're going to have a story of faith in the Dead Sea. And our last pictures 
from the area of En Gedi. And uh, of course, there are some very well-known stories of David hiding from Saul and uh, coming out to uh, where he could have killed Saul at En Gedi, the springs of En Gedi. There are seven springs, and you walk up to various locations to see the seven springs of En Gedi, which we had a chance to hike up and see. And, uh, and the, the, you know, the beauty of the, the water, this is out in the middle of the desert. It's, the, it's just by the Dead Sea. It's right up the coast from the Dead Sea. And it's just beautiful. I and mean, you can see this fresh water. Um, and as we hiked up and looked up uh, toward the top of the hills, uh, I want to close with this as we were at En Gedi. And, and turn the lights on for me, Nathan. Um, I want to close with this this morning as our choir has been singing to us. And I thought of this account while we were there and we read this together. And um, we are going to talk about another uh, story that took place at En Gedi, another story of faith. Each of these locations we'll come back to and talk about landmarks and monuments of faith. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites with some of the Menuhites came to make war on Jehoshaphat, king of Israel. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the sea. They were coming from modern-day Jordan. They were coming up north. They said they're already at Hazan Tamar, that is En Gedi. And the army of the Moabites gathered there at En Gedi. And alarmed Jehoshaphat, the king of Israel, a good king of Israel, one of the very few good kings of Israel, Resolved to inquire of the Lord, he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek help. And Jehoshaphat stands up. You can read this in Second Chronicles 20. He stands up and he gives a, a plea to God and a, and a prayer to God. And says, Lord, you are the ruler. You know, we didn't conquer these people. When we came up the east side uh, to come into the land, we didn't conquer these people. We could have, but we didn't. You told us not to, and now they are coming to destroy us. Here they come to destroy us. And all the men and their wives and children and little ones, they stood before the Lord. And it says, The Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, a Levite. And he said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. Do not be afraid. What are you afraid of today? What are you afraid of today? He says, don't be afraid, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up from En Gedi, where I showed you the picture, up this hill, the pass is this, up the hill, and you will find them at the end of the gorge of the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them, and the Lord will be with you. And it says Jehoshaphat believed in the story of faith. He believed God. He bowed. And it says they went up with the Levites with a loud voice. And early the next morning they set out, and Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God. You will be upheld. Have faith. We're going to talk about faith this summer. You will have faith in the Lord your God. And he appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. Maybe that song we just sang with the Hebrew words there. And they went out to the head of the army saying, Give thanks to the Lord for his Lord, his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against their enemies. I mean, just think of this scene. 
They were there at the En Gedi, the army of the Ammonites and the Edomites, and they came up the valley. They went up, to, they went up the hill to the west. They went up on top. Jehoshaphat comes out with the people of Israel, not armed with weapons, not armed with anything, but the Levites leading them in songs of worship. Can you imagine that? Here comes one army. Here comes their army. One's ready for battle, and one is singing praises to God, and God wins the victory. They went singing. And I want you to remember this this morning as we conclude the service and we have our last song. I want you to remember this. God said to them, this is not your battle. This is my battle. These are my enemies. You just go. He didn't say stay home and don't do anything. He said, you go out and face them. But please remember, I'm going to win this battle. You watch and see. And so this morning, I guess I just want you to think about this for our story of faith this morning. Um, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? It's God's battle. And if we're willing to have faith and go forth singing and worshiping, then we'll let God take care of the rest. We'll come back to Jerusalem another time. Uh, let's close our service. And John, you have one more song for us. And thank you so much. Or Faith has one more song for us. All right, Faith. And thank you so much, choir, for your ministry, not just today, but throughout the year. And we will look forward to seeing you all next fall as well. Lord bless you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much, choir. And thank you for coming. Let's stand and be dismissed in prayer. I know we're uh, moving into vacation time, but when you're home this summer, come and join us. Your presence here is an encouragement to others. And come and join us as we explore lessons of faith, monuments of faith this summer together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness to us, your love, your kindness, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, we uh, do pause, and uh, as we come to pray this morning, as we've been reminded of men and women in the, in, in the pages of your word who, who stood with you in the face of all difficulty, still live lives of faith. Others who had a lack of faith, and we can learn from that as well, Lord, of how we can live for you. We are human, and uh, we have our difficulties and challenges. And Lord, I pray this week, whatever challenges are in front of us, that you will cause us to take a moment to remember that it's your battle, and that you are willing to take care of the enemies, and that you are willing to lift us up and uphold us and allow us to be examples of love and kindness and mercy to all we come in contact with this week. Thank you for our choir. Thank you for the ministry of music. We thank you for the gift of music. And we pray, Lord, that our hearts will leave this place singing and rejoicing as once more we celebrate the first day of the week, the resurrection of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we have gathered today. And all God's people can say together, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.